Eanes is proud to present the WHS Healthy Shaps Speaker Series. This week, Christina Woodall from CollegeTutors.com shares organization and study skills in the digital age. The tools. Um, I'm going to talk about a pretty big study, um, and so the link to all of that will be on that Google Doc so that you can go and actually not just have the name, but be able to click and follow the link to whatever I show. Okay. Um, but first off, who am I and why am I qualified to talk about this? Um, so I'm Christina Woodall. I'm the business operations manager at College Tutors. Um, we provide all one-on-one -on -one customized tutoring um, for students in the Westlake area. We also have a location out near Vandergrift High School, and we also service the um, we got a location right between like Anderson High and McCallum, so we pull from those schools as well. Um, I have a BS in Applied Learning and Development from the University of Texas in Austin. And then I have my MLIS, which stands for Master's in Library and Information Science from Rutgers University. Um, I was a former teacher. I taught fourth grade in AISD for a short while before I realized teaching's really hard. Um, <laughs> and then I'm a mom of twins. And uh, I have twin girls. They're almost four. And then last but certainly not least, I am a millennial. So I am of the first generation to be growing up with technology, um, so, which will come into play a little bit. Um, but let's talk about your kids. They are what we refer to as Generation Z. Who has heard that term before? Yeah, so you have students that are Generation Z. The ages, you know, they, they argue a little bit about what the cutoff is, but most people say children born between mid-90s and 2010-ish are Generation Z. Um, and a few of you in the room might also have some Generation Alpha. That is our newest generation. Those are the kids of millennials. So my favorite slide, would I even be a mother if I didn't find a way to get in my favorite Generation Alphas? Um, so this is Asher, this is Paisley. You'll see they look nothing alike, but they are twins. Um, and this is us, at, my husband's family is cattle rangers. So this is us out at the ranch, most recently this summer. Okay, so now it's gonna, okay, good. I was worried it was just gonna start auto-playing. Um, but this is a really interesting video that came out of Australia. It's a research group in Australia. And it's going to kind of tell you like five defining characteristics of Generation Z, just to give you some general information. For today's students, growing up with the emerging technologies at their fingertips has blurred the lines of work and social, of study and entertainment, of private and public. They now live in an open book environment, just a few clicks away from any piece of information. They connect in a borderless world across countries and cultures, and they communicate in a post-literate community where texts and tweets are brief and where visuals and videos get the most cut through. So how can we understand the emerging generations and their learning habits? Well, here are five characteristics of today's students. Number one, they're social. Traditionally, learning took place in the classroom and the practice and application through homework. However, in the 21st century, Content can now be accessed through technology anywhere at any time, and often in very visual and engaging forms. Thus, we have the flipping of education, where the learning takes place outside the classroom, but the essential engagement and practice is still conducted at school by the all-important facilitator rather than the teacher. 
Number two, they're mobile. Not only through technology do today's students interact, but they are mobile in terms of the jobs they will have and the homes they will live in. It is therefore important to think about how you can equip this generation with not just content, but resilience in a changing world. Number three, they're global. Today's generation of students are truly global and are the most likely generation to work in multiple countries. They're the most globally connected and influenced generation in history and are not limited to the local, but are global as never before. Number four, they're digital. We've called the emerging generation Gen Alpha, but we also call them Generation Glass because it is not just pen and paper, but iPads and screens on which they will learn, which are designed to not just display the written, but the visual. While today's students need literacy, they also need digital skills to thrive in this changing world. Number five, they're visual. In an era of information overload, messages have increasingly become image-based and signs, logos and brands communicate across the language barriers with colour and picture rather than with words and phrases. Our analysis of learning styles has shown the dominance in visual and hands-on learning above the auditory delivery form which has traditionally dominated the classroom. So there you have an overview of today's learners who are social, mobile, global, digital and visual. Okay, so is anybody surprised by any of that information? No, no. I mean, it's great to see it in a list, but like we know our kids, right? We know that they're growing up with technology. We know that they're social um, you know, social media, they're, they're on Snapchat. They are talking to their friends via text all the time. With the phone in their hand, the world is really at their fingertips. Of course they're global. Of course they're digital. And um, of course they're visual because they're in a constant state of information overload. So the things that catch their eye are gonna be the things that they pay attention to. So how do we take all that information and try and facilitate it so that they will be active learners and can grow up to be successful humans? Um, this is a really fascinating study that we're gonna spend a little time talking about because I think it's really valuable information, really good background information for you as parents going out and hearing what your students and what the teachers of your students are saying about them. Um, so this was actually a study conducted by Adobe. Um, so think Photoshop, think Adobe Reader, that company. Um, and they titled it Gen Z in the Classroom, Creating the Future. So they asked over 2,500 Gen Z students aged 11 to 17 and 1,000 Gen, Gen Z teachers to tell us how they were feeling about learning and creativity and the future. And though, so we're gonna go through a little bit of their findings. Um, and, and just so you know, they did do this study in multiple um, countries. So they did do the study in India. They did do the study in the U.S. But what we're looking at is their study specifically about the U.S. Okay, so you can't read what all this little stuff is, um, but we're going to talk about it in detail. But this is just some of the general perceptions between Gen Z students and Gen Z educators, and you'll see that they really kind of align in a lot of ways. Um, your students are, are really pretty self-aware. Um, this was one of the first, this is the first insight. So Gen Z students see technology and creativity as important and intersecting aspects of their identities. 
So both teachers and students agree that technology is really important and it's the defining characteristic of who they are. Um, they're more likely to describe themselves as creative and smart. And they are always looking for a better way to do something and feel that they are more creative than past generations. Gen Z students are excited but nervous for their futures. And they do not feel fully prepared for the real world. So, Gen Z students have mixed emotions when it comes to the future after they finish school. Um, and they don't really know that their school experiences are fully preparing them for what's going to happen in the real world. Um, and most students, this is kind of the scary part, most students are not thinking about how their online presence will be interpreted by future universities or employers, and while some plan to create online portfolios in the future, the vast majority have not started. So they're using technology every day, all day, but they're not thinking about how that is impacting their futures. All right, insight number three. Gen Z learns best by doing and creating, and students and teachers alike want more focus on creativity. So both students and teachers alike agree that Gen Z learns best through doing and hands-on experiences. Um, and both audiences wish that there was, a more, there was more focus on creativity in the classroom. And teachers are saying that having more opportunities for this hands-on type learning is the number one way that they can prepare Gen Z for the workforce. Um, and a lot of teachers say the technology is there, but the curriculum is not. Luckily, INS ISD is really doing a great job of preparing their students and using technology in their classrooms and with the curriculum, the, you know, with the use of the iPads. I know that most high school students are, if not all of the high school students, are using Google Classroom. Um, so they're doing a really great job but there's always room to grow. The technology is moving so fast. We really want to try and keep our curriculum up to speed. All right, insight number four. Creativity will play a critical role in the future workplace. Um, students and teachers agree that being creative will be the essential in their future success and that creativity is going to play an integral role in solving many of the challenges the world faces today. And students believe that they will be creating things in their future careers and that there are a lot of professions that require creativity. So we're hearing this one word over and over and over again. Gen Z really needs to feel creative and they need to be given opportunities to create. And insight number five, technology will set Gen Z apart in the future workforce. Um, most say that increased access to digital tools and technology will make Gen Z more creative and better prepared for the future workplace. Um, and that technology classes and computer classes are the sweet spot. Not only are they the favorite class, but also a top class to prepare students for the future. And teachers are saying that students will one day have careers that we didn't even know exist today, right? Of course. Startups are everywhere. Um, technology is growing at a rapid pace. But how do we prepare our students for jobs when we don't know what they are? Well, 
This is a um, quote from Tracy Trowbridge. She was a part of the study. She works for Adobe in their education programs. And she says, Gen Z and their teachers agree that they learn best and create doing and creating and that the curriculum needs to evolve to let students explore their creative ideas and to prepare them for a rapidly changing world. So how do we do it? We do it with technology, right? So technology allows for creativity in the classrooms. Students have a lot more freedom to create and create in a way across all subjects with technology. They can be creating in their math class. They can be creating in their learning uh, or in their reading classes with the use and integration of technology. Um, it engages students and allows active learners. So we're going to actually, I'm going to show you a couple of websites and apps um, towards the end that are really great ways to start incorporating technology into the learning experience to make active learners. Because if they have a device in their hand, they're having to click things, they're having to talk with peers, that's when you go from passive learning to active learning. Um, it allows teachers to individualize instruction, right? Because if every student's doing a project kind of on their own device, if, students, if teachers can recommend different videos in Khan Academy or you know, send different assignments to students through Google Classroom, it leads to a more individualized learning experience. Um, it allows the student to occasionally be the teacher, right? Who here has had a teenager explain to you how to use the computer or the phone or set up the printer or any of those things, right? They say that the most, um, the highest form of um, understanding is teaching, right? So with technology, this is their thing, right? Your kids are digital natives. So giving them the opportunity to be the teacher empowers them. Um, and technology helps students be prepared for those jobs that don't exist yet. And it prepares them for college. We don't know what these jobs are, but we have a pretty good idea that they're going to require technology and they're going to utilize technology and how they work. Um, and colleges are becoming more and more technology-based by the day, right? Um, your students will probably take some sort of online class. Um, your students will be using things like Google, class for, like Google Classroom in their college campuses. Um, and their professors will expect them to respond online to get to their email every day. And so we've got to make sure that they're prepared for that. OK, so you'll remember a few slides back, we talked about um, how students aren't really very aware of what they're doing and how it's a doing online and how their future employers and college admissions are going to react to that information. So this is just one of a lot of different resources out there. We're going to kind of start transitioning to, okay, so now what do we do? What resources can we use? What tools are out there to make the most for our students? Um, so Common Sense Media, I don't know if you've ever heard, raise your hand if you've heard of Common Sense Media. Yeah, so they are a nonprofit um, and their goal is to create better digital citizens. Um, so teaching our children how to be smart about the internet, right? The internet's not going anywhere. Technology's not going anywhere. So how do we encourage 
digital citizenship. So this is a video that's going to show you um, just a little bit about what they do. But Common Sense Education, which is part of Common Sense Media, creates tons of videos talking about copyright law, talking about, um, you know, how to keep your profile private, how to just all those things like you might know that it's an issue, but you don't necessarily know how to fix it or what to do about it. Um, so I'm just going to play this little video so you can see a bit more about who they are. Technology has changed the world. It's changed how kids learn and how we teach. But how do we make sure our students use all this new tech thoughtfully? And how do we make sure we do the same? Common Sense Education and this channel are here to help. For your students, we've got digital citizenship videos on internet safety, cyberbullying, online privacy, copyright, and more. And for you, we've got reviews of the latest and greatest in edtech, as well as tips for how to use these tools in creative and engaging ways. Sound good? Dive in. And if you find something useful, don't forget to subscribe. So that's common sense media. Um, and they're really, their goal is to just help encourage families and educators and students have um, a smarter experience with technology and the internet. Um, okay, here are some of my tips for parents. Um, teaching digital citizenship is key, right? We just talked about that um, because you have a lot more foresight than your 17-year-old does or your 13-year-old does. Um, so you've got to do the best you can in making sure that they're setting themselves up for success in the future because everything they're putting on the Internet is going to live on the Internet forever. Um, but banning phones and YouTube isn't the answer. Um, you know, cell phones aren't going anywhere. YouTube isn't going anywhere. If you saw the numbers of how many daily plays YouTube get, I wish I should have pulled that number. That would have been a really good number to share. But I heard what it was the other day at a conference, and it's big. The amount of YouTube videos that are played on a daily basis from people under the age of 20 is astounding. Um, so you can't take it away, really. I mean, healthy boundaries, of course, right? Parenting is all about setting boundaries, um, but just finding smarter ways to use it um, and teaching your students smarter ways to use it um, is, is the way to go. Um, if it's boring on paper, it's probably boring on a tablet too. So I've seen many teachers um, basically just put some sort of rote memorization or um, repetition drill on an iPad and then wonder why their students aren't more engaged. Well, because it's still boring. Having something on a screen doesn't necessarily make it interesting. Um, but I am going to show you several tools that you can use um, to really up the ante so that you can get across the same message, you can work on the same skills, but in a more um, interactive and entertaining way. Because remember, our students are very visual. They want to be creative. So how do we put that in the classroom? Because otherwise they're bored. Um, and then a college tutor can fill in the gaps. So this is where I'm going to um, tell you a little bit about why I think we're better than some of the other tutors out there. And that's because we're not just a tutor, we're a role model. So. Your digital native can sit down with another digital native 
to not only learn calculus um, and algebra two and physics and organization skills and study skills, but they are gonna be a role model. They're gonna show them how to be using this technology in a smart way. Most of our students are college students at the University of Texas. So they've been through this recently and they know what it's like to be a student with technology. And of course, this is like really what we believe in. So that's why this is our business model. But find slightly older digital natives to be role models for your students um, in all areas of their life because they're gonna connect in a way that older generations just can't because they don't understand the, 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 the way technology has really just infiltrated all areas of our lives. Um, and then, so we also just do, just to remind y'all, we do the one-on-one -on -one and completely customized tutoring. So it's really all based on what your kids need. Okay, so now we're gonna spend, it was a lot quicker than I thought it was gonna be, but we all probably have places to be, so I don't think anybody will complain. But we're gonna spend the next like 15 minutes kind of just going over a lot of different tools and a lot of different um, websites that are out there to make a more engaged learning um, experience. So um, the first one I'm gonna show you is Kahoot. It's game-based learning at its best. So who here has heard of Kahoot? Okay, cool. They're probably using it in a lot of your students' classrooms. Yeah, so basically this is a really great way. Remember when I was talking about how like rote, me rote memorization games um, and repetition and audio-based learning where the teacher's just kind of standing at the front of the room and giving information is not going to engage your students. So Kahoot is basically a way for teachers to make little personalized games um, and quizzes, and then it can, they can interact with their students with their devices to answer questions. Um, and I've seen teachers use this in all kinds of different ways, um, using it as an assessment at the beginning of the year to figure out what they know and what they don't know. You could do like an about me, like, you know, what would you prefer? Would you rather? Those kinds of things. And then also using it for, um, you know, actual quizzes um, and assessing your students. Okay, so there's that one. Oh, hold on, I gotta get back to it. Okay, Quizlet, who's heard of Quizlet? Yep, okay. Um, Eans ISD, I think, is probably using this one a lot too. Um, but Quizlet is great. I wish that I had had Quizlet when I was a student because um, there are all sorts of different ways that students can put information into these nifty little quizlets and then you can open it up. Um, you'll see like this is one that was created by someone else. Um, it's SAT words with a definition. You can make flashcards. You can do tests. You can turn it into a little game. Have y'all seen this? This is pretty fun. Um, so if you start it, the, the, the asteroid falls and you have to type in the answer before it hits you or you die. <laughs> so that's a fun one. Um, Khan Academy, 
Um, who's here? Who? Yeah, okay. All right. Ian's ISD is really on top of their game. So it's really, you guys are really fortunate and that a lot of these things are probably things. Oh, I did want to go back. I forgot. I wanted to mention this about Quizlet, and that's why I wrote it in the slide. But I wouldn't forget. Encourage your kids to make their own because with Quizlet, you can share them with your friends. So one student can piggyback for the whole class, create a Quizlet, and then everybody uses it. But you're really losing a lot of the learning capabilities of Quizlet if you're not making your own, and there could be misinformation in there. So it's really important that you encourage your students to make their own Quizlets when studying. Yeah, right, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Khan at Academy, or Khan Academy. Um, when I went back to um, grad school and had to take my GRE, I had to go back and relearn all of my math. Um, and I did it with Khan Academy. So anytime your students know how to do this, pull it up in Khan Academy. So let's say they are taking pre-cal. It breaks it down by general subjects, and then it breaks it down even further into individualized lessons. So graphing circles from features and features of a circle from its graph. I don't know how those are different. It's been a long time since I took it, but it's here. And you probably don't know either, but your kid has to take a test tomorrow morning about it, so this information is great. Um, and they have such a wide varieties of videos. Let's see if I can get it to go back. Oh, I'm still in pre-cal. Um, but they also have like practices. So if they are needing, you know, like when you don't really think your kids prepare, but they're like, I did the study guide, I did fine. Okay, well let's try and find a different study guide and see if you do fine on that one too. Um, so those are in there. Um, I wanted to just really kind of show, and they also have early grades. So like if you do have any younger kids, this isn't just for complex math and sciences and languages. Um, their videos go down to as early as early math, talking about counting and place values. So this is also a really great option if, um, you know, maths and sciences really build on themselves, right? So if your student missed four days last year because they were part of that, like, terrible flu epidemic that hit the Austin area last year, they might have missed something really important, and it might not have shown up yet because they're not building on that particular skill yet. So if they start learning something and they realize they don't have the foundational skills to learn it, pull up some Khan Academy videos, call a college tutor, but there are a lot of options out there because if you, if you miss something your freshman year and you don't go back and relearn those skills, it's just going to keep showing up as you try and build on it. All right, Duolingo. Um, this is like I think all humans should be aware of Duolingo, but it's also great if your students are taking a foreign language um, you can only learn so much of a language when you're in a class for, was it like 52 minutes or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Um, so Duolingo has all of these great little lessons. It's all completely based on where you are with Spanish. Oh, let's see, I wanna skip this. I was gonna, oh, okay, that's actually asking me a question. So um, I thought it was like asking me, like, do you speak Spanish? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it has these little quizzes where you can go in and reinforce whatever language skills your students are working on. It's also completely free, um, and they have so many languages that it's almost overwhelming. Um, and because it's completely customized, it can really tailor to where your students are in their classroom. So it won't compete, it will just supplement. Uh, Brain Pop, y'all heard of Brain Pop? Yeah, okay. Brain Pop is um, probably a little more helpful for younger students, like middle school students and high school, but they do go all the way up to 12th grade. Um, and they're just little videos, so like, let's look at the pie video. everybody have a pie lesson today but you can see how it works and then there's all these other supplemental activities that your students can use to go with the movie so there's quizzes um i can't do it because um i don't have oh i'm not logged into a membership um but they have like also they've started doing like all sorts of coding activities and stuff for learning how to code um, and obviously this would be more geared towards like a middle schooler, but there's all kinds of videos out there. When I taught fit fourth grade, I used Brain Pop all the time. Um, and then Canva. Who's, who's heard of Canva? Okay, so a few less people. Um, I can guarantee you your kids know about Canva though, because this is how they're making all those really cute covers on their Snapchats. This is how they're making all those really fun graphics that they're sharing on Instagram. So Canva is like a free um, design software to create like beautiful designs and documents, that's what it says. Um, so, we know that Gen Z likes to create, right? That's really important to them. So Canva is basically a way that they can create. Um, you'll see here postcards, invitations, cards, letterheads, but there are so many different things that you can do. Um, they could see there's a whole section called social media. Um, there's a whole section called Facebook posts. Look at that. Um, but they can make presentations. 
they could make a resume. They could make um, like a magazine cover, like what a creative way to show off what they've learned in some sort of presentation by creating a magazine. Um, so this would be, I think, a really great way that you take something your kids are already using on the Internet and show them how not only is this a great tool for making really fun Snapchat filters, but this is a great tool for building your resume and creating that online portfolio that would be really great for you to have as you enter your college and workforce. Um, so that's Canva. All right. Now we're going to transition to, oh, maybe I have to do with this. Oh, why are you? There it goes. Okay, tools for organizing. So those were all tools for skill, for study skills and creating. Now we're going to talk about tools for organizing. Um, I'm sure all of your students are using Google Docs um, in some way, even if you don't know about it with Google Classroom. Google Docs is basically just a... Um, a word processor, a presentation tool, an Excel, um, but all through Google Docs. You can share them. Um, you can collaborate on them. They're really beneficial. Um, the document that I shared with Christy that has links for all this information is a Google Doc, so everybody can go in and see it. Um, so that's Google Doc. Um, there's also Google Keep, which is probably a little lesser known, but I almost think more helpful. Do you guys use Google Keep at all on campus? Some? Okay. One of my favorites, so Google Keep is basically just a place where you can store information in all kinds of different ways. Um, so you'll see just some examples here. You can make notes. You can make lists. You can um, talk to it directly, and it'll record something for you and translate it into words. Um, the thing I love, you can share it, it's collaborative, you can share it with friends and family. Um, you'll see this is kind of like a picture of what it looks like. Um, here's, you'll see like checklists, you can put little boxes, so you can do the checklists. Um, and then it's everywhere. So you could make a note on your phone and then sit down at your computer and open it back up and everything that you needed and had would be there. My reason why I really like Google Keep is because it has a really good um, text grabber, which means, like, if you wanted to take a picture of a poster or take a picture of a pamphlet or a handout that you got somewhere, you could take a picture, put it into your Google Keep, and then it would p extract the text off of that, and then you could copy and paste that text into anything you wanted. So, you know, like usually if you have a PDF, you can't pull that text off of it. You can't edit that text, but with Google Keep, you can. Um, what else? Oh, iStudies. iStudies is um, maybe more helpful in college, um, but it's a really great app for managing all of their school schedules, all of their school assignments. It automatically works with your um, iCal, so students. But um, 
it's just a really fantastic organizational school tool for um, primarily college kids, I think, um, but maybe high schoolers are using it some. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, but you'll see, so you'll see here, you know, assignments, it's your planner. There's also a way so that you can, let's see, I think there's a picture in here somewhere. Um, you know, you'll see here they've like made a timeline of things that they need to do. Oh, here, this is the one that I think is really cool. You can graph your grades. So you can enter your assignments and then pull all sorts of information out and like, what do I need to be able to get an A in this class? What do I need? Like, you know, I really bombed that test. So now what? Um, I think it's really great. Uh, yes, this is an app. But you can also access it off of your computer. I studies. Spelled a little funny. Um, and then Trello. I use Trello all the time. This is what I use for my grocery list. This is where I use for my reminders list. Um, Trello is technically, was technically created for like project management. So companies were, are using Trello as a way to manage larger projects. Um, but you can see like, so here's, um, oh, I like the other one better. Let's see if it'll switch back. Go back. Go back to the other one. Uh, there it is. So this is like a sales pipeline. So you'll see like, you know, if anybody's in sales, you've probably seen a sales pipeline. This is it in a digital form. Your students could do something really similar to this and for large projects, um, big research papers, things like that. They can break it down. Um, you create these little boards. It's also collaborative, so you can share it. Um, and then you can also just use it for making general lists, keeping up with reminders. And you can have a ton of different boards. So like you'll see here, this is her personal boards. This is her boards for managing the PTA. And then these are probably this person's work boards. So your students could have something very similar. And I think that's it. Thank you for joining us. If you're interested in the archived video recording of this session and any corresponding handouts or resources, please visit the WHS Healthy Shaps website at healthyshaps.weebly.com.